Grand Rising, Grand Rising, welcome to SFA Charlotte here on WDRB Media, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio. This is your hostess with the mostest, Kaylin, aka Knox List. And oh man, uh, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just the third one on this great, just gargantuan cast we have today. I mean, we have none other than the extraordinaire. I mean, huh. Can you get any better than this? Keeks, Keeks, give it up, give it up for Keeks, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, what's up, what's up? And then we have the, oh my, I mean, the the vast, the substratum of knowledge that comes from this young, gentle sir. Yes, hailing from the West Coast, coming to the East Coast, none other than the coolest, Brother Stokes. Yes, sir. Oh man, cooler than an ice cube sitting inside some lemonade. What's up? See, now he come with the ROMs. All right. So listen, man, today's topic, as you cruising and listening to us, somebody has filed a lawsuit on the homeless community in Charlotte. Mm, 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 mm. The audacity. And this is not cap. This is this is not cap. The Charlotte Observer has an article to where somebody has filed a lawsuit against the city and I believe the county because of the homeless community that is I believe it's near 12th Street on uh, uptown if I'm not mistaken. That is true. That is. And um oh man, it, it definitely it definitely hits you. Just the title alone hit me like what? Okay, let me read this. And even getting into it, my own perspective, it just made me think like, man, we really, <laughs> we really don't care about just people. Like as people, we see them as like an item or just like as a, as a pawn on a chessboard. And it's sad. And it's sad that some of us think that way. Um and so, yeah, we just really wanted to bring some topics out of that. I'm not going to lay it all out. We're going to get into it. But, yeah, I'm going to open the floor. Brother Stokes, Keeks, please, share your thoughts on this article. Well, in reading the title of the article, uh, just to share with everyone, the title of the article is Uptown Property Owner Sue City County to Clear Homeless Camp That's Next Door. You can find this article on the Charlotte Observer. And... It was really the title that stood out to me. Um, just doing some, I had just went to google.com and I seen the title of the article just on the Google webpage. So I looked into it and I just started reading it and I got upset because I'm like, okay, well, for those of us who do stay in Charlotte or um, reside within the Charlotte community, um, whichever county you reside in, you know, the, um, I believe, is it called Tents? city or because I know there's a name for all the tents that are um, uptown I just can't remember what it's called but pretty much they're trying to make the homeless population within that area move because you have so many investors buying land and trying to revamp uh, revamp and gentrify the land in uptown Charlotte and they're saying that those individuals are bringing down their property value and it's creating a safety hazard and <sighs> child it's very frustrating because I feel like it's it's 
the audacity the audacity and then not only that it's like okay well it's not like well at least in this article I didn't see anyone mentioning anything about proposing any type of solutions it's just oh get off my property you're messing up my property value messing up my money flow so um yeah we need to do something about the city of Charlotte don't know what y'all got going on but y'all need to fix this and then just knowing that Charlotte is a city that's grown a lot over the past 10 years you know it's the rebranding of the city is something that's going that's it's continuous you know a lot of I know that's something that I noticed too when I was reading some of the um people who are running for like the governor and um all the different positions within the uh uh what am I trying to say the offices yes within the offices thank you Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone was talking about, you know, continuing to build Charlotte and, you know, expanding the roads and working on construction and, you know, making it a tourist city and just making it bigger and bigger and bigger. So reading this article really made me think of it in that aspect, too, because it's like I know that chances are the city of Charlotte's really going to follow through and listening, listening to these people because, you know, they're trying to get their money to make the city grow. But, Mm. you know. It sucks because you have these people are homeless. It's not like they can, oh, yeah, let's all just hop in the car and go somewhere else then. Like, you know, and then not only that, it's it's a pandemic. And I know in the article, they also mentioned how, you know, the pandemic has made it harder for people who are homeless because now the homeless shelters or shelters in general have to abide by uh, the the precautions of COVID. Yeah, and making sure that they're practicing social distancing. So that within itself has made more homeless people, you know, not have a place to go. So I just think it's really messed up. I I almost, can I say niggas? I don't know if I can say niggas. (laughs) I mean, I said it twice already. So, you know, I just, (laughs) I'm not sure. But Anyways, the audacity because of these people because, you know, you're just saying, oh, these people need to get off of my land, but you're not proposing building more shelters or creating some place for them to go. And it is, it's more than just having a place for them to go. You know, it needs to be something that's stable, you know, job opportunities, health care, uh, improve, improvements and things of that nature. The audacity, child, the audacity. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my water on that one. Man. Man, man, I love it. I I love the passion. I I I am just sitting here uh one reviewing a few of the facts that were uh listed inside the article because they reference the different court filings that the property owner made. So these are factual items. You know, you filed this in court. This is is facts. A court only deals with facts. So the fact that you would want a nuisance order issued, this was the first move. The first move was they wanted a nuisance order issued to the surrounding businesses in the area. So first off, we own this property. It's it's a it's a it's a lot. It's empty. Nobody has uh developed on it in some years. 
and the city itself didn't have a particular issue with the people that camped there or you can say made their home there because this lot, this empty lot was close enough to a servicing homeless shelter right there on North Tryon. And, and everybody knows it, even if they can't readily identify the address. It's the homeless shelter that's on North Tryon as soon as you go under the 12th Street Bridge to come up and you're getting into the university area because you're going to come close to where it's before you reach Sugar Creek. Let's say that it's before you reach um, the uh, Shell gas station at, um, oh, what's the street? I know where I'm thinking of. It's right off Graham. It's all in that area. But people who know people who know this area know this area. And so when I first moved to Charlotte in 20 in 2014, 2013, when I first moved to Charlotte, that was one of the first areas that I noticed because I noticed that 12th Street Bridge. I noticed how it would always flood when it rained. And you you could get stuck in a car. But I also noticed that's where a lot of the homeless people sat. They would just sit right there where that little homeless shelter was, where the U-Haul place is at. So the homeless population has been there longer than the people that have owned the property, probably. So what did they do? They They got their lawyers together to issue a nuisance complaint to the surrounding business owners. Why aren't y'all doing anything to get rid of these homeless people? These homeless people have been here longer than you've been. But even the business owners didn't speak up for the homeless people according to this news article. So my part that has me a little upset but then as we spoke about off air also reminds me of what it is to be inside of a different generation is that when it comes to the money, a lot of people are going to choose their pockets over some people suffering from poverty or straight up poor people, or in this case, some quite indigent people. So it is reading the article was hurtful. Reading the article was hurtful, but um, I am the oldest of the three, and I can tell you right now, it ain't it ain't nothing new under the sun. I didn't seen this before. And in 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 that same lane of you seen it before, like what is this? What does this bring out just about just the views, like morality of just the times? Like you have uh, like me and Keeks, our generation, the millennials, and then you have Generation Z. We're like, you know, the young adults were the engine of everything, but the views are very different from baby boomers and Generation X, like yourself, Brother Stokes. So, like, how do we move forward or how have we been congealing that as of late and how does that look going down the line? Um, that's for a question for both of you all. Uh, Ms. Keeks, you go ahead and you give your, your offer. Can you ask your question one more time, Kayla? 
<clears throat> it was long. Um, <laughs> basically, just the morality between our generation and like the one right under us, Generation Z, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the difference of that and how we feel towards things, opposed to like Brother Stokes and Generation X and Baby Boomers, like how our generations look at things differently, how that has been meshing now, and how we can do better at possibly moving that in the future or even now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, my bad. No, you good, you good. Um, I would like to believe that our moral code is being under, I mean, I know what my moral code is. I don't, you know, I can't speak for everybody in our generation, but (laughs) I know for me personally, I, it's like, I, I understand, you know, I do I, I I do understand both perspectives or all perspectives, you know, I feel like you have the homeless population, you have these investors who's buying a property, bought the property, gentrifying the property, and then you have the city of Charlotte, um, who's kind of in between the two. Um, but I I feel like and maybe it's the tone of the article, you know, we don't know every single thing that was said between the reporters or the investors, the councilmen, you know, all the conversations that were had. But I feel like, you know, I would have received it better if I would have seen them proposing solutions. But just having that attitude of, oh, get off of my land, you know, you're messing up my property value. It's very... It, it's, it has an entitlement to it. Um, so I feel like with our generation and just us being a generation of, hmm, how would I describe our generation in reference to a moral code? Uh, I feel like we are more understanding of previous generations and in this in relation to this particular situation i feel like you know again we can be understanding of all sides but it's about some trying to find a solution that works for everyone instead of just picking a side oh because they have money and they're putting more money here you know yeah. like the the homeless population their residents here too um so we have to be able to respect everyone and not just the people who have money in their pockets and you know maybe that's something that we can do as local residents within um the charlotte community you know trying to come together and try to find some solutions um or pretty much trying to bridge the gap you know between the investors and the homeless population or the gap between the homeless population and the councilmen and so on and so forth. I'm not sure if that answers your question. I mean, it, it did to me. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is opposed, but, you know, the yays have it. it, it yeah, that was the answer. But... <laughs> um, I would, I would definitely love to see um, council persons, county commissioners, board of commissioners. I would I would love to see them 
walk down to the homeless encampment to then offer whatever the city has as a solution for these indigent residents because they are residents within the city and the city is supposed to work for the residents first yet going to a point you made keeps when it comes to um, the morality of the generations and hopefully this answers your entire question uh Kaylin is that those of us in Generation X, which is the generation I would be considered being a part of, and the generation before me, which would be the boomers, um, not to belabor this point or to sound long-winded, but capitalism wins. And so whatever the Charlotte Observer because they are the ones that brought this to our attention. So we have to start there. One, my question to the Charlotte Observer is, as a, a, a journalistic newspaper, news entity, where was the fair balance in the article? Because not once did you present a side of the article that said there was somebody that was willing to stand up for the homeless population, for these residents within the encampment, that they would be able to find a secondary location, that there were people in the community that were concerned for them, that was showing concern for them. The whole entire article was slanted, in my view, the way I read it. I, I did go to school. I know how to read. So the way I read it, the whole entire article was slanted to the view of, yeah, the homeless people are, are in the way of progress. And these business owners have to put the city on notice along with the other business owners in the area. So my invitation to the city and to the city council members and to the county commissioners and the board of commissioners is Please tell us this article is not true because it sounds like capitalism is winning. So that would be my answer. Capitalism is taking a strong lead heading to halftime. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, oh man. Like, I, I honestly feel like our generation is like the get the bridging the gap between the two, like between generation. Z and Generation X. I feel like it is the millennials because the millennials have uh, a unique area in time of just culture. Like millennials were at the very end of like, you know, everyone had a house phone. Cell phones were really exclusive. Like you, like not everyone had a cell phone. And uh, uh, I mean, just all the way back then, like pagers all the way then. And then to the evolution of phones, to the evolution of just communication worldwide, emails, MySpace, Facebook, all mm. this explosion into what we have now. And so millennials have experienced all of this, just growing with technology and growing with the world. And so you have this new, newer generation. They live and they were born into this world. And you have an older generation that they remember a time where 
none of this or half of this stuff wasn't here. And it's like the millennials have this unique space that if we use it correctly, we can really make harmony is communicating between the two spaces in such a way that we all sides do win and all sides do prosper because everybody is uh, everybody's having their glory or everybody is prospering in their own space, but we're all doing it to elevate the whole. And so in regards to the homeless community, I really feel like if the people in the community that witness the homeless people speak and have a conversation with the councilman, with the mayor, with the board of commissioners, with even the people that are filing the lawsuit and say, hey, okay, we acknowledge this is a problem, but what can we do to fix it as a whole, as a community, opposed to just leaving these people out in the streets to do whatever? Well, I can, you know, quick, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to stay lodged for this discussion in the place of saying that capitalism is going to continue to win. So just know that's where, when you hear me, when I'm speaking, just know that that's the, that's the place where I'm, I'm going to stay for this discussion. So to hear you say that, the only thing that the investors could be enticed by is a proposal of what could benefit them from the from the point of a charitable deduction. So if, if you can present to them a, a, a possible solution that they would participate in bringing benefit to the homeless encampment that's on their land at this present time, you you should be able to say, okay, uh, owners of this land, do you know there's an actual five-story building on this side of town, and if you bought it, you could get it for the dirt cheap price of such and such and such and such. And I'm sure that if you partnered with one of these nonprofits, you could then turn that into a tax write-off. That could probably bring them to the board because I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, if they don't want their property value low. And that's what their gripe is, or at least that's what the paper wow. says their gripe is is that their property value is being lowered just by the mere presence have a question of this homeless you, encampment. Do you feel like in order, like, so let's say, for example, if uh, someone of the millennial generation or of Generation Z did make that pitch to those people, do you feel like it would have to have some type, it, it would have to include some type of profit for them? In order, in order for you would have to. Again, I'm sorry. You would have to allude to it. You would have to allude to it, even if you didn't have it as a as an actual. This is what I'm encouraging you to think about. You would have to allude to it to kind of play the role of. Well, I think this might work, but what do you guys say? And the reason why I say it like that is because 
certain people within my generation and within the baby boomer generation do walk with a mentality that the millennials and Generation Z just don't have sense. I mean, I'm being very honest. um, and, And again, this is based on what that generation, my generation, considered to be morals. When looking at the millennials and looking at Generation Z, a lot of baby boomers and a fair amount of Generation X members will look upon those two generations and go, man, they done lost their morals. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's real. But I will okay, so let me let me bring a little let me bring a little lift in this because that yes, capitalism. I mean, is it, it's good heavy though. It, that was a good thought piece. I, I was really thinking like that that was that was real. Cause I could I could I could see that perspective. I could really see that. But I guess being in the perspective right. is yeah. it's a way of are we losing our mind or are we really just gaining our mm. freedom? Because and and that's what because go ahead, go ahead. When you I'm look sorry. at it like like I think like I, I look at this joint so crazy. My mom like like she tells me her story and she's like, Oh my god, it's like Kayla, I'm so proud of you because you're doing everything that I wanted to do, but she was just afraid to do it. So I, I'm really my mom's dreams like in real life. And then I can only imagine what my grandma's like dreams were and what my mom was living and then what her grand like just seeing just seeing that just seeing that connection and just seeing that like like we we like dang I forgot where I was going because I got caught up my bad that joke hit me deep we, we really like we really are, li- are living our, our our wildest dreams and so, dang, I really forgot how I, I was going with this. My bad. You was talking. You was talking about your mom and her expressing to you that you were doing the things that she only thought she could do or didn't even. Yeah. See so it's like doing. it's like the fact that she was scared enough to take that step. Thank you, Brother Stokes. The fact that she was she wasn't brave enough to take that step, and the fact that we are, and then Generation Z is like they really don't care. They don't care about how they look or how they seem to come off. They just care about being authentically them. It's like to the older generation, yeah, they've lost their mind because they don't care about the societal standards that have been in place so long that that seems like it's reality. And like the younger generation, they just don't care because they just want to be them. And if you accept me for who I am, great. If you don't like me for who I am, great. Because I'm going to be who I am at the end of the day. So it's like, dang, that's a dope perspective to think that, yeah, they are losing their mind to the older generation because they're not operating under the standards that society has put us under. They're literally breaking off the, the, the they literally are busting through the roof. And it's like, dang, you got a hole in my roof. But it's like, man, I'm showing you that there's no limit to us. So yeah, and and that is and and that is what could be called natural evolution of morals, 
And what do I mean when I say that? Because that's something I say. It's not an actual term. The natural evolution of morals can be tracked generation to generation going backwards. And again, a, a little example, um, and anybody listening will notice, and then I'm going to bring it forward. <laughs> there were these things called petticoats. <laughs> Women wore petticoats. And that was a, that was considered a standard form of fashion for a woman for a certain amount of years. So you can imagine the generation of women that had to bridge the gap between petticoat wearing and miniskirt wearing. Because when the miniskirt stepped on the scene, now again, we're talking 50s, 60s. When the miniskirt stepped on the scene, women and men literally thought kids were going to be in the streets <laughs> having sex oh wildly God. on sidewalks. I'm, I'm, I'm being very honest with you. I, I, okay, I take it not a step further, but let's keep it inside that vein. When and, and, and there are people old enough that remember this. When Elvis premiered on the Ed Sullivan show, it was tantamount to uh, Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B being unedited if they were on live television today. <laughs> That's what it was for that generation. It was so most, and, and, and again, you had an older generation of people looking at what Elvis was doing on the Ed Sullivan show and was like, oh my God, how dare they allow my children to see this man wiggle his hips. But the children were looking at it like, yay, Elvis is wiggling his hips. <laughs> so the natural progression the natural evolution of morality is going to happen. It's got to happen. You're, you're supposed to burst through the roof and somebody is supposed to complain about it. So that part of it is, 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 is again, and I hate to overuse the word, but that's natural. What we're talking about or what I think we're talking about is what is it that this generation being millennial and Generation Z, if reading this article, why would their response to the article be severely different than the response of those of us inside Generation X and the baby boomer generation? And that's why I say I stay lodged on the side of capitalism. That's the answer for me. The answer for me is capitalism. It was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen because money got to be made. Charlotte has got to expand. People are going to make money. And unfortunately, there are going to be homeless people with us. And we just need to push them out of our sight as we expand and grow this city and get these dollars because that's the capitalistic American way that's still being ran by Generation X. It'll change 
when the millennials and Generation Z are 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 standing at the funerals of most of the people that have the power now. Sad to see. I still think it's crazy. I just I mm, I don't know. I just I don't know. Well, what do you think? What do you think, Miss Keeks, is a so if you had the opportunity to stand in front of those investors, those owners of that land today, what being what would be your impassioned plea to them being somebody that would 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 knowingly be speaking on the I side would, of the homeless in Canada. I would suggest investing in the construction of a shelter. And then I, I feel like it's so hard to find a place to attack it because then it's like, okay, well then how do you move? Like if it's not within that location, you know? getting people from that place to wherever the location is because I'm pretty sure they may not mm-hmm. want to build a shelter there because I'm not sure how that affects their property value you know would that bring down the property value even though there is a shelter on Tryon not too far from Uptown um, but investing in a shelter that would house a lot of people um, and making it something that will something that that can be more than just a place for people to sleep you know I feel like when it comes to addressing issues of homelessness we we there's so many there's so much more than just providing a roof over someone's head you know there's mental health you have to think about health as a whole mental health um some people may have financial hardship um which again I understand like it's not their full responsibility you know that's why i was saying they can invest um but the the city councilman as well they would have to step in and work together and um reach out to local community leaders to propose what would be the best solution but i feel like building a shelter in a holistic housing facility for the homeless population. I feel like that would be a good start. And then um, also offering job opportunities. I feel like these people making all this money building all these properties, I know that um, in the construction of these properties or even in the maintenance of these properties, there can be job opportunities in that. Those are the first things that come to mind. Brother Kalen, do you have any? I'll honestly just come to the table and just say, what can we do to help these people as a whole? Like, what do you all need from the community? And here's what the community needs from you. And just honestly, just have the negotiation because. I mean, granted, like Brother Stokes is saying, they're they're going to be capitalistic viewed, but that doesn't mean that that has to be a negative. It could be a positive to that. We just have to flesh that out. And I would just want to have the conversation. Whether they want to have the conversation or not would be a whole mm-hmm. other thing. 
but I would at least want to just at least have the air to have that conversation because I mean right. these people are the community like so they, they, they are a part of us whether we like it or not whether we adjust it or not they still going to be here and Brother Soaks had a very great point because it's almost every major yes, city has the same issue. Huh. LA, New York, Atlanta, Miami, like you see these in, in like the bigger the city is almost the yeah. bigger the homeless population. And so it's like, okay, we know this is a thing. Well, let's be different. Like Charlotte already is different. Like let's, let's just fully embrace it. Like let's just, Let's just be creative with it. Let's be the first city to start something that every other city adopts. But I don't have all the tools or have all the resources to come up with what that is. That's why I want to have the conversation with them and to see what what we can come up with that can be that innovative and that creative to, yes, it can be a moneymaker for them, but it can also be just a whole another generator for the community and really uplift uh, people that are just overlooked and overseen. So, I do. Yeah, that's what I would come with. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I do feel like the conversation is. No, finish your thought. That's that's a great first step because, you know, it's like you do have to get people on the same page. And the only way you can do that is by having a conversation and talking about it rather than coming with these are our demands. I know that's good, you know. No, but that has its place. Don't don't ever. I mean, that's something I give millennials and Generation Z a lot of credit for, especially in this year, especially with what we've been facing over these last 11 months. Um, this COVID situation, this coronavirus situation, the, the situation with the, the senseless murders of many different African-Americans. Um, and what is that credit I give you guys? You were able to fearlessly in many different cities at many different times of the year, stand in the face of the quote unquote old guard and say, these are our demands. And you you said it with force and boldness. And, it, and again, <laughs> a lot of older people didn't like being talked to like that. But it made it made a lot of things have to change. You know, a lot of different a lot of cities are doing things differently nowadays because of what a lot of millennials and a lot of people inside Generation Z did. Um, what someone inside my generation, because as soon as you said what you said, Kaylin, come to the table, have a conversation, be able to offer. Just real quick in my mind, I literally, like right here in this moment, was, and, 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 and this is just something that just popped into my head. If there was a way that we could get city officials, this private business owner, as well as the private business owners within the area of the encampment to sit at a table together and come up with a public-private equity share, and the city can purchase a building, 
or maybe that's legally, you know, legally, maybe they can't. But what I'm saying is maybe the city can purchase a lot somewhere off of um, Brookshire Boulevard past uh, past where the old uh, Burger King used to sit, going out towards where the old C-Mud building is. Maybe they could purchase a, a, a lot or a couple of lots that are together. And then these private business owners can foot the bill of building a resource center. And then the city can commit to ensuring that there is a type of special charter bus that can go twice a day, once early in the morning, once early in the afternoon from the homeless encampment or from uptown specifically to this resource center. And it's a free bus ride for the homeless people. And when they get there, it can be, and the term is called wraparound. It can be a wraparound service facility where they can go in like a one-stop shop and they can meet with mental health services and they can meet with uh, county services when it comes to food stamps or it comes to um, uh, getting, uh, oh man, why I can't say it, Medicare or Medi-Cal. Then they can visit, uh, then there can be some place like a Salvation Army or a Goodwill right there on spot so they can get vouchers for clothing, for blankets, or, and then you also have two or three temp agencies that are set up right there. So now you can get people signed up, ready to go to work right there on the spot. They know where they report to the next day. And then you can also have, because I know within the homeless population, you probably do have a lot of recent uh, people who have been recently released from county jail or state prison or even federal penitentiary. And, you know, they're having a hard time dealing with getting up on their feet because they got a, a, a mark on their record. You could also have some type of... Uh, entity there that deals specifically with the people who are dealing with parole or probation or, you know, God forbid you got somebody that's running because they didn't jump bail. You can have somebody there that can help them straighten their legal situation out. You can have a whole entire wraparound facility and this will all be funded through a public-private uh, I want to say a public-private charter. And it can be right there on the spot and it can, and it can go to work. And until this type of resource center is built, you can you can start next week by committing to taking over a lease of a building that's already there. You take over the lease. I mean, I, I know that there are black owned businesses that have tables and chairs and linens. I know that there are there are small business owners that are interior decorators and designers. And you can come in and in one week, you could take a floor level 13, 1400 square foot office space and you could turn it into a makeshift resource center right then and there until the other one is built. It sounds like so that just that just came off top of my head. Conversation. That's what it sounds like. Listen. Now we back to capitalism. Because if it don't make sense to their bottom line, they're not gonna say that. I mean, I don't wanna sound it's I don't even wanna sound dismissive or 
or an or, or yeah. it, it it's a fact. Let's 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 be let's let's be very let's be truthful. It's a fact. It ain't the truth because truth well, is I would say, it's they could if they wanted to, but the fact. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's their truth. See, that's millennial speech. <laughs> oh man, dang! That was really beautiful. How you drew that out? That was just off the top of my head. I ain't even have time to say. I was just envisioning it. I was like, "Yep, yep, yep, makes sense. Yep." <laughs> But that's just so dope. Like, that's why I feel like just having a conversation is like the most powerful thing that you can do. But people just try to skip over it and just try to, like Keek said, just hear my demands, hear my demands, hear my demands. It's just like we're just sitting here yelling at each other the whole day and we don't get nothing accomplished. And I just feel like um, just having a conversation that's intergenerationally, that's over tax break lines that's whatever like just have the conversation and realize that oh we actually do have a lot more in common we just differ on this one thing so let's go to all all the rest of our similarities and let's play on those rather than focus on that one difference we all have and I feel like that goes into just the capitalism that uh, they have it's just the lies sell whatever Whatever strokes an attention and whatever keeps the heart pumping and racing, like that's what that's what they want to put out. They don't want to put out the things that really get to your soul and really fulfills you or really builds you into a whole person because a whole person can't be manipulated. But that's a whole other podcast, a whole other episode. Um, but uh, yeah, a conversation, a conversation would be real dope, real dope. But then speaking of like capitalism, like. Man, like let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this and just, uh, of course, attached to the situation. But let's talk about capitalism and the fact that we are really a republic, but we operate in a dem- in a democracy. And like, yeah, let's just get into the nitty gritty of this. Like, I really don't know how to start it off, but I want to go near Brother Stokes' way because th- that's the dude when it comes <laughs> to his history and his facts. My man knows his stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So you 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 want to focus more on the more on the fact that America is a republic and not a democracy, or you want to focus on the marketing of America being a democracy when in actuality yeah, it's the, the latter. Okay. Um, I'll start again. I'm the king of examples. Um, I'll start with a small example. And you guys heard me say this before, but the listeners have not heard me say this. And some probably already are aware of this. So McDonald's, if you close your eyes and look at its emblem, its emblem holds two colors. Those two colors are red and yellow. There's a reason for those colors being red and yellow. And the reason for those colors being red and yellow is because red and yellow are two colors that mentally, scientifically, 
get your attention and bring about a thought of hunger. Now, good marketing will keep red and yellow in your face. We are democracy. We are democracy. We are democracy. We're democratic. We are democratic. We're democratic. We're democratic. We're, we're democracy. We're democracy. McDonald's, when coming under fire for having some of the most unhealthiest food in the world, said to all of the world, we'll stop frying our French fries and animal fat and we'll switch over to peanut oil. And we'll put up a poster and tell everybody what the calories are in our food. And the whole entire world said, see, <laughs> McDonald's cares about us. But they never changed them colors. Because if they really cared about you, McDonald's wouldn't want to play to what is scientifically proven. Them colors spark your hunger. They would make sure that you would know that they love you and care about you so much that they wouldn't want to mess with your mind. But capitalism, we live in a republic that espouses a few democratic ideas. But there is no democracy in this land. The marketing is what we have to deal with and learn how to break past. Now that's coming from somebody that was raised up in Generation X because we were the first generation to receive the internet. And here's what I mean when I say that. Being the very first generation to receive the internet, we were the very first generation to receive everything at once without being sent through the machine mm, raw of marketing. Unfiltered. So there you go. So what is true? What is a lie? What is fact? What is fiction? We were the first generation that had to deal with the fact that conspiracy mm. theories exploded. Because there were people who believed, based on the invention of the internet, that what they had been sitting on that they couldn't get out to the public could now not be held back. Because they believed that they could get around the marketing of America. And that's what, that, that's, that, that's what I would say. I would say that if we are going to talk about capitalism as it applies to this republic that espouses a few democratic ideas, then we've got to deal with the fact that capitalism is probably the number one purveyor of the best marketing scheme in the world because it got everybody believing 
that as long as you're making <laughs> money, you are right. Law. And accepting it as law. Or as truth. This, this is why what you said earlier, Caitlin, is so, is so important. If Generation Z is the generation, and, and, and let's say it like this, if Generation Z is the very first generation that is truly walking in a boldness that says, you can't market to me. I market to myself and I buy my own product based on what I marketed to me. So your marketing doesn't matter. Generation Z is going to be the very first generation that revamps whether or not capitalism gets to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think it's falling. I definitely think it's falling, especially with, I don't pay attention to Bitcoin, but I feel like a lot yeah. of things are going to start moving digitally because even, cause even think of like credit cards now, like people don't even don't even carry their credit cards. Everything's on their phone. They got Apple Pay, Samsung Pay. They got all these tap to swipe uh, and all this, all these things are just accessible right here. Now it's on your Apple Watch, so you don't even need your phone. And so I feel like a lot of things are going to start moving digitally and really start just changing the main scope of just how we handle money because like now you can't see it. And now people that love having the feel of paper money, now they're going to have to deal with them not able to see it. They, they just have to trust the system or trust that they numbers going to be and right. Like it's thing whew, that makes man. like everything going digital scary too. Cause I feel like with things being digital, like I just feel like it's harder or it's, it's easier for things to get shut down. Like, oh, of course. you could just oh, man. unplug the cloud database one day and boom. Oh man. Well, what happened? Where's all? Hey, what what's going on? I don't like that, but I digress. Or me and Generation X listening to you guys, understanding exactly what you're saying. I don't even have to take it that deep. What are we going to do on the day that you walk into the bank or the grocery store or to the gas station and some screen tells you you got zero balance and you know you just got your credit card. Can't touch because that's the issue with having to get us all to the table to have these kind of conversations because at the end of the day, there is a little bit of redemptive quality to capitalism the same way there is some redemptive quality to the viewpoint of Generation Z. So those two redemptive qualities, they've got to come to the surface, become married, and then that gets implemented into the society. So if what I presented sounded good, and I think what you two presented sounded good, how do we get those two different 
viewpoints or those two different offerings to get married and then implemented inside of Charlotte so that these homeless people don't have to suffer behind what's going. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Whatever the date was on that article, within the next six months to a year, if there is not a follow-up article, there's going to be a totally different article that says homeless encampment bulldozed. Progress is going to happen. You can't stop it. Two things are for certain in life. Death and change. Well, (laughs) that got deep quick. (laughs) But no, that's real. That's real. So, shoot, we we need to come up with some type of proposal, have some type of plan, come up with some type of petition, get enough people to see, get it signed, and then just throw it on their doorstep. He said, this is what the people saying, and it's the plan. So if you got to ask how we're going to do it, we already did that part for you. We just want your signature so we can get moving. We got to come, not with the list of demands, but just a proper ask. Yes. And then demands on the back end. I'm with both. I'm with both. I'm with both. Just a little bit. <laughs> Kicks, get him! Oh, oh, oh man, <laughs> rock the bar, baby. But man. yeah, that's that 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 article really hit hit a lot of different parts for me. Um, just to really just to because I remember I when I was I drove by it, just seeing like. It was it was just different because I've never seen a community like a community of homeless people that come together and like we're, we're we don't have a home but we're our home. It was a beautiful sight to see, um, and it just it almost made me like, well, dang, well maybe that's dope. Let let them have a land where it's just a community spot. And they just do. That's just their spot. That's their home where they can reside. And no one messes with them. No one bothers them. Because at the end of the day, some people, they like being homeless. They choose to be homeless because they like having that freedom. And so instead of, you know, trying to get them on their feet, if that's how they want to be, let's at least provide them a space where that's dedicated to them. I mean, you know, I understand, you know, we're going to move forward. So they don't got to stay there. You know, let's just make their home somewhere else. But wouldn't it be a beautiful sight if they could stay there? And we and we being the upwardly mobile residents within this city, within this county, within this region, would have to learn how to coexist in this new way of change. Yes, the city can expand. Yes, you can have a lot of development. But as Keek said earlier, Charlotte, lead the way. Charlotte, be the city. Be the city that steps up and says, hey, we're listening to a different generation of residents. And they have a proposal. Let's really, truly 
put it to the test. Let's put some fire under this and see what burns away and what stays. And then we'll implement that. Because it may not be that those right. people have to move. We're not asking those business owners to move. We're not asking, we're not trying to reroute traffic. We're not, we're not trying to move the train mm -hmm. system for them. Because the train comes right down on the backside of where they where they camp at. Train coming out of Uptown going towards Sugar Creek comes right down the backside of where they're at. And so again, it, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> yes, this is what we've always done. We wore petticoats. What do you mean somebody's wearing mini skirts? What the get the get my kids, get my kids. <laughs> like no, your kids been right. <laughs> No, I'm laughing because I think I think about the very first time I walked into my mother's. Well, I walked into the kitchen. I had came back, and this is when I was in high school. So don't 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 laugh at me. This was '88. So I walk into the kitchen after school. My mother came home. <laughs> And this was the very first time I told her I wanted to dye my hair blonde. <laughs> the way she looked at me, because you you'd have thought I was asking her to go buy me a dress. <laughs> but all I wanted was frosted tips. I wanted blonde tips because that was the trend. But my mother's generation, no young black man ever thought about dyeing his hair. So it's that it's that initial shock of what the new generation is gonna is going to view as being part of the normal cultural expression. That's what we've got. That's that's what's got to happen. So, you know, I don't. I wouldn't want to see the homeless people move. I would want to see the Charlotte yeah. Observer write a different yeah. article. Let's get a holistic article. Let's get some solutions up in there. <laughs> We got enough problems. There you got go. enough of them problems. There you go. But man, what 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 else y'all want to talk about, man? Because because honestly, everything that I wanted to discuss and really bring out of this article kind of just flowed out. Did I miss anything? No, Am I, I overlooking so. anything? We hit on everything that we um that we mentioned that we were going to talk about. Okay. I feel empowered. Like I felt like I was at the ballroom with him and I was like, yeah, so this is gonna happen. All right, and brother so he got a bomb idea. <laughs> Keeks, she gonna listen to the bands. You better listen to her because she got the she got the hands. Um <laughs> got the but, um, but yeah, this is really dope. Like I really and really for everyone that's tuning in, like definitely hit us up in the comments, hit us up in the DM message us let us know um if you want to help like be a part of this you know this effort i, I really want to see what we can do really see if we can get something together and really try to do something for these people man because i mean hey that could be us well, you know some people live in check to check out there you one check away from being like right there so uh if, if charlotte is home to you and it's home to them let's protect our home man let's protect our people so, uh, Keeks, Brother Stokes, uh, you want to have your final words or anything this, else you want to say? And I love y'all. 
And I'm sorry, Brother Stokes. I second that emotion. It's peace and love and light to all of you all today. And of course, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And always strive for achievement. It's Knox List, Kaylin Keeks. Brother Stokes signing off. Peace, love, hair grease. We holler.